Well, thank you, Nathan, and the worship team for leading us into the Lord's presence there. Uh, I just want to share with you, uh, Lori and I, last week we were in Buffalo visiting my mother, and um, one of the things we were able to do is get away for a little time and go to an ice cream stand and meet my brother-in-law there, Jim, who, was, uh, who lives in the area there. And uh, he had just ordered his ice cream, and this is one of the most famous places in all in Buffalo. Any of you that go to University of Buffalo, you probably know it. It's called Anderson's Ice Cream. And so uh, we were there, and he had just ordered his ice cream, and we sat down in an isolated place outside to eat it. <clears throat> and so we were there gathered, and a homeless man came up to us and asked us for money for a sandwich. And uh, Jim, uh, in his loving and kind way, um, shook the man's hand and then he realized it was COVID-19, and now his hand was contaminated, or he didn't know if it was contaminated, and so he gave his wife his ice cream cone to hold for him, and then he began to explain the gospel to this home, homeless man named John. And then he explained the gospel, and then uh, he went and got change uh, that he could give the man some money for a sandwich. And by the time he came back, his ice cream cone was totally melted. Uh, but it didn't matter because Jim was so excited that he was able to give the gospel of John and this man was willing to pray and then read that gospel that night. At least one chapter, he promised to do that. You know, that act of kindness, that random act of kindness can go a tremendous way in a person's life. And a lot of times God invites us to be intentional on showing acts of kindness. You know, there's a word in the Bible that is probably one of the most profound and personal words that describes God's love for us, and it's called hesed. And it simply means kindness, loving kindness. It's translated compassion, it's translated love, and it's translated mercy. Now, last week, Pastor Peter gave us a great message about how we can be so sure that God loves us. And today I want to talk about this word has said that shows God's kindness for our lives. And I want to talk today about kingdom kindness. As we go in this series of kingdom justice and mercy, I want to talk about kingdom kindness today. But that word kingdom uh, has said is used over 250 times in the Old Testament. Jeremiah uses that word to describe God's love, and he kind of describes it as being wrapped in the kindness of God. Lamentations 3, 22 and 23 says, The Lord's loving kindness, and that's the word has said, indeed never ceases, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And that word never ceases, kind of reminds me of, have you ever walked along uh, an ocean beach and you see the waves coming in and they just keep on coming in constantly, faithfully? That's what the word means. God's love, his loving kindness, his kindness towards us never ceases. And when God's people were falling away from him, they, when they were turning away from them, he used prophets and he used his prophet Joel and the prophet Joel used that same word, 
has said when he said this in Joel chapter 2.13, Now return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in has said, loving kindness. The word has said is used to describe the character of who God is when he's making a covenant with his people, with his chosen people. Now, I'm not sure what you're going through today. If you've been blessed with good health and financial security and um, things are going pretty well with you, or maybe uh, you're in a downturn, maybe there's some financial instability, maybe uh, things aren't going as well, and maybe your health is compromised. But God wants you to know that he has made a covenant with you through Jesus Christ, and he loves you, he cares about you, and he wants to extend his kindness, his has said kindness to you. So let's pray and ask the Lord uh, to teach us today. Father, you said in your word, we have not received a spirit of this world, but the spirit of God that we might understand uh, what God has freely given us. We know the natural man or woman does not understand the things of the spirit unless you, Lord, reveal them to us. And today we ask you to reveal your has said kindness to us in a way that changes us, impacts us uh, in our relationship with you and with other people. We pray this in your most holy name, Lord Jesus. Amen. There's a beautiful story in the Bible that demonstrates kindness in action. If you're not familiar with it, you can turn your Bible to 2 Samuel chapter 9, and I want to give you a little bit of background about what's going on here. You see, there was two friends, best friends, David and Jonathan, both young men, uh, they were both warriors in the same army. They were both very skilled uh, warriors. And uh, they respected each other tremendously. Now, Jonathan was King Saul's son, who was the reigning king in Israel at that time. And David was the upcoming uh, warrior who had killed Goliath and everybody thought David was just one of the greatest warriors that had ever lived in the country. And so Saul started to become jealous of David. So jealous that he tried to, attempted to kill him a number of times. And so David knows that he has to leave Saul's palace and Saul's kingdom and, and flee for his life. But before he does, him and Jonathan make a covenant together a covenant of kindness towards each other that would last beyond their lifetime. And so what they did is that Jonathan approached David and said this in 1 Samuel chapter 20, verse 14 through 16, but show me unfailing kindness, and there's that word her said, like the Lord's kindness, as long as I live so that I may not be killed and do not ever cut off your kindness from my family, not even when the Lord has cut off every one of David's enemies from the face of the earth. So Jonathan and David made this covenant together, and it was a promise that they would keep for each other. One of them should die. The other would take care of the other's family. So years later, Saul and Jonathan are fighting a battle with the Philistines, and they are both tragically killed. 
And then what happens is that in the chaos of that day, Jonathan's five-year-old son is taken by his nursemaid, and he's taken, and uh, they try to escape as far as they can from the Philistines, and in running, that woman falls, or, or the son falls and trips and becomes crippled. Now, that's a tragic thing that happens, but he stays lame for the rest of his days. He cannot walk. And in those days, that was a very difficult thing to endure. Now, fast forward 10 or 15 years later, and we come to 2 Samuel chapter 9. David has become the king of all of Israel. He's secure. He has been accepted by the people. And he has experienced the loving kindness of God. God's compassion, God's kindness, God's love, God's watching over his life. And so this is how uh, chapter 9, verse 1 starts off. David asked, is there anyone still left in the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? David, in the midst of his well-being and security that he has, looks back and he says, I remember the covenant I made with Jonathan. And so he searches for a servant, and now there was a servant of Saul's household named Ziba. They summoned him to appear before David and the king and said to him, Are you Ziba? And he said, Yes, I am, at your service. And the king asked, Is there no one still alive from the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness? And he used that word again. He said, everybody knew that word meant there was a covenant made between Jonathan and David. And Siba answered, there's still a son of Jonathan, and he's lame in both his feet. And so David asked Ziba to go and find him, and, and Jonathan is living in a city called Lodabar, and that word actually means translated no pastures. It was a desolate place. It was probably one of the poorest areas of all Israel. And there, this son of Jonathan, Mephibosheth, is living there, crippled. And when Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, came to David, he bowed down to pay him honor. And David called his name. And he said, at your service, he replied. And then David said, don't be afraid, for surely I will show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan. I will restore to you all the land that belongs to your grandfather Saul, and you'll always eat at my table. And immediately when David saw Mephibosheth, he extended the kindness that he agreed to make with his father Jonathan to his children should Jonathan die. And he brought him into, his, uh, into the palace, and he ate, and, and Mephibosheth ate with King, Saul, with King David all the days of his life. Now Mephibosheth bows down and says, what is your servant that you should notice a dead dog like me? The way that Mephibosheth looked at his life was that he was a mistake, that actually he was cursed or he wasn't worth anything because of his crippled legs, because his father and his grandfather had died. Uh, And so he felt alone and lost. But David brought him in. The kindness of David brought him in. And isn't that a beautiful picture of how God treats us? 
the way that God takes us, his crippled children, uh, full of our own sin, our own selfishness, our own pride, and he takes that all away and he brings us into his, into his kingdom. Do you know that Jesus made a covenant with us? It's called the new covenant in his blood. This is why uh, we remember the words of Jesus every time we partake at the Lord's table and we have communion. And what do we say? This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. What Jesus is saying, I want you to remember the loving kindness that I have for you. I want you to embrace that. You see, the covenant Jesus made at the cross brings us into the family of God. We now have significance. We now have a security of knowing that we're loved by him. We have a place of belonging. Uh, we are not living in Lodabar. We're living in the king's palace now. And because of the new covenant that King Jesus invites us into to sit at his table, we can then receive that kindness and then give that kindness out to others just like my brother-in-law Jim did to that homeless man. You see, it's just the beginning of the journey to receive a covenant, but we can also carry out the covenant in our relationships with other people. And that's what God calls us to. It's something that he wants us to be involved in. Uh, and so when David says, is there anyone I can show kindness to for Jonathan's sake, Maybe we should put the words in this way. We could ask ourselves, is there anyone to whom I can show kindness, his said love, for Christ's sake? Is there someone that I can show kindness to because of what Jesus Christ has done for me? And that's really what Colossians chapter 3, 12 says. And that's a verse that we've been hitting upon all through this series that, we've been, that I've been sharing with you. It simply says this, therefore, as God's chosen people, his covenant people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. So God wants us to wrap ourselves in his loving kindness and then go out and demonstrate that. Renea Garcia is a 24-year-old wife and mother of two preschoolers, and also she uh, is a full-time nanny for two others, so she's a very busy woman. But one of the things that she loves to do is go out and rayoke. What do I mean by that? R-A-O-K. She likes to rayoke somebody's world, and that simply means perform random acts of kindness. Uh, random acts of kindness is what she loves to do. And so she and her husband, Aaron, are part of a growing network of Christians who go out and they share God's loving kindness with other people by doing things for them, giving out water at a sporting event, leaving quarters for people at a laundromat, writing encouraging notes and slipping in a gift card so somebody can buy groceries or food that needs them. Uh, paying the monthly rent or a doctor bill for somebody. Recently, my friend was sharing with me that God, the Holy, the Holy Spirit, had prompted him that morning that he should pay for the groceries of a person in the store when he went shopping that day. And so he 
at first became very nervous of this prompting. He had never done anything like this in his life before. But he got in line, and sure enough, there's this older woman at the checkout. She had, was just about to pay for her groceries. He was next in line. And he said, excuse me, ma'am, I would like to pay for your groceries. And she goes, no, you don't have And then he goes, no, I really, I really want to. And so he paid for her groceries. Later on, she waited for him, and in tears in her eyes, she said, thank you so much. I was actually buying these groceries for my daughter and her husband, who have both lost their jobs. And so this means so much to me. And my friend simply said this. He says, the Lord is trying to show you how much he loves you and cares about you. That's a gift from him. And you know, it made such a difference in her life. Kingdom kindness in action is so powerful. But it doesn't have to just be with strangers or homeless people. It actually can begin in our home, and it should begin in our home. We really need to practice this said kindness in our families. It's the hardest place to be kind, isn't it? Within our own family with people that we're sheltered in with most of the day, most of the weeks that we're here. How to be gentle, kind, generous with the people right around us. Dr. John Gottman, one of the world's leading researchers on marital relationships, looks for the presence of contempt or kindness in a relationship. And if you're a single or a teenager, uh, please expand on this illustration on marriage because it happens to be in every relationship, kindness is a powerful, powerful tool that God will use. So here's what his research had found. Contempt is the number one factor that tears couples apart. People who are focused on criticizing their partners miss a whopping 50% of positive things that their partners are doing, and they see negativity when it's not there. People who give their partner the cold shoulder, deliberately ignoring their partner or responding minimally, meaning, you know, just don't talk to the person, don't even say anything to them, damage the relationship by making their partner feel worthless and invisible. Wow. It's as if they're not there. They're not even valued. And people who treat their partner with contempt and criticize them not only kill the love in that relationship, but they also kill their partner's ability to fight off viruses and cancers. Being mean is the death notice of a relationship. But kindness is so powerful. Kindness, on the other hand, glues couples together. Research independent from uh, Gottman's research shows that kindness is one of the most important predictors of satisfaction and stability in a marriage. Kindness makes each partner feel cared for, understood, validated, and feel loved. Kindness is so powerful. Acts of kindness can be so powerful as we implement them in our lives and in our relationships. So receiving God's covenant love in the form of his said, which we do because Jesus made a new covenant with us in our lives that we belong to him, but he also fills us 
And he wants us to clothe ourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience with others. And when we do that, we're showing kingdom kindness. Now, we can apply this to every relationship. We could apply this. I, I would love for the world, I, I would love for our nation to apply this in the racial tensions that we're facing in our world today. Kindness would go tremendously such a far way in building bridges instead of walls, of restoring our nation, of helping us to love one another, respect one another. You know, there's a prayer that I found that is simply, you asked for my hands, and it's a prayer that is written in an African hymnal by Joe Saramani. And this is how it goes. And I want to I invite you to pray this with me, okay? And, and so uh, make this your prayer today as we end our message today, that God would use us uh, to be kingdom kindness uh, lovers of others. You ask for my hands that you might use them for your purpose. I gave them for a moment and then withdrew them for the work was too hard. You asked for my mouth to speak out against injustice. I gave you a whisper that I might not be accused. You asked for my eyes to see the pain of poverty and I closed them for I did not want to see. You asked for my life that you might work through me. I gave you a small part that I might not have to get too involved. Lord, forgive me for calculated efforts to serve you only when it's convenient for me to do so. Only in those places it's safe to do so. Father, forgive me. Renew me. Send me out as a usable instrument that I might take seriously the meaning of the cross. Lord, we just come before you. We echo that prayer today. We echo that prayer that you would make us people of kindness, giving acts of kindness in our families, with our friends, and then beyond that, cross-culturally, in, in our places, our, our spheres of influence, wherever you lead us, whether it's the supermarket or on the job, or wherever we go, Lord, may we be people of kindness that display and demonstrate your said covenant kindness to others. We pray this in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.